You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. So then, brothers... We are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. That we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified in Him and with Him. Church, you're made for Him. You know this. You are are to be a son. You're to be a daughter. You're to be a co-heir with Christ. You're not to do any of these things without Christ, and Christ is not designed to do any of these things without you. You are to be a co-heir with Him. He expects and He desires that you would be alongside Him in establishing the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. And the Holy Spirit testifies to this truth. The Holy Spirit, if you don't believe it, the Holy Spirit will believe it for you until you believe it. And He testifies, and he testifies not just to, the, to all of the world and all of those around you, but he, testi- he testifies before the Father in heaven of who you are. He tells of who you are to your Father. And you are also to be a vessel for the Holy Spirit. That your ministry upon this earth would be a ministry full of of the impossible. And this is what we talked about last week. Because sundown needs the impossible. Sundown desperately needs the impossible. And there is hope because the children of God, there's there's always hope when the children of God are present. If If there's but one child of God that walks with the Lord, there's always hope. And there are those in this city, and I, I pray that this is true for you, because you can be anointed, but if you don't receive it, don't expect anything that comes with the anointing. Does that make sense? I can tell my kid to go take a shower. If they don't take a shower, they're going to stink. That's on them. I can't, I can't make them go and do these things, and the Lord doesn't desire to make you do anything. Like Sarah said, your mind is your own, your life. You can pick it up and take ownership of it, and everything that happens will be your own. I've had this conversation a lot this week over the last several weeks, but we live in a society where every action does not equal an opposite reaction. That's the belief that we have in our society. We believe that I can do something, and if it reacts back towards me in reaction to what I just did, how dare it, and I'm offended. If I, light, if I light a fire on my couch and the, fire burns, the, the house burns up, I'm, I'm going to file a lawsuit against fire. How dare it burn my couch down when I lit it on fire. But this, that's silly, but this is the reality of the world that we live in. We have no understanding of choices and the effect and cause of those choices. We live in a world that thinks that I can make whatever choice I want, and if it doesn't work out the way I wanted it to, it's somebody else's fault. It's not mine. If I slash my tires and the air falls out, it's because of that person that sold me the knife. It's their fault. And we live this way. This is not the way that we're to live. You are anointed to carry the impossible. You in here are anointed. The Lord has given you an anointing, but it is on you to receive it. We are here for such a time as this. And if we will not dismiss the helper as so many have, 
the helper that is sent to guide us, teach us, and flow through us. Church, it is a guarantee if we do not dismiss the helper, we will see impossible things because impossible things are the ministry of those sons and daughters of God, those co-heirs with Christ, those that have been born uh, into this newness of life that are new creations because of the blood of Jesus, because of the defeating of the grave. Those that are born into that, you are made for impossible ministry. The first assignment of ministry that Jesus gave were several impossible things. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, and raise the dead. How many of you can do any of that on your own and within your own accord? No, we can't do that within ourselves. And what does Jesus say? Fear not, I'll be with you. Because we were never meant to do it. Jesus defines ministry by everything that we can't do so that we can understand it is only by His doing in and through us. But we are meant to be in vessels for the impossible. The impossible is for you. Um, and church, I don't know if you feel it or can sense it. Um, it's hard to feel or sense. Um, so much of what Sarah said uh, this morning is, gonna, is, is the message for today. And that's just the Lord is speaking similar things to, to his people here. But we are, we are at a tipping point. We're absolutely at a tipping point. Um, if you just think about it. What is the coldest time of day? Sunrise, right? That's the coldest that it is. But how long is it the coldest? Not very long, because why? The sun is rising to warm up the day, right? This makes sense. This is obvious. This is not any, any kind of breakthrough information. But this is the point that we're at. We are at the coldest part of the season that we're in. And it's right before the sun completely rises and changes what we see and changes all the dark and hidden things that are hidden and even are hidden in the dawn and are, are clinging to darkness as long as they can before the sun comes up and there's no darkness to cling to any longer. This is where we're at in our community. We're at a point where the tide is going to turn in this city, but for this to happen, we must be obedient to what he has said. And what he said, what did he say? Church, he has given us two direct commands. In the last three years, he's given us two specific direct commands, marching orders, if you will. The first one was move forward. He has said time and time again, he has, he has brought us to this understanding that we are in this season and in this time in our city, we are just as the Israelites were as they had just left Egypt. They had just been freed. Pharaoh had just said they could go and they wandered into the wilderness and they stop. And what do they hear? They hear an army coming after them to destroy them, to kill them. And they immediately turn. They immediately turn and they start arguing and grumbling and complaining, thinking that the Lord just led them to where they are so that the Egypt, it would be easier for the Egyptians to kill them. Because that's the nature of God. To lead his people to a place where they will be destroyed. That is not the nature of God. But that's immediately what they turn to because what is that the nature of? It's the nature of the grave. To lead you to a place where you are destroyed. To lead you to a place where there is nothing left for you to give. And that is not the nature of God. And so what does he do? What does he, he say? He tells them to move forward. 
And then they come to this shoreline. They come to this body of water and there's no place to move forward. But what did he say? Did he say, move forward and then watch this miracle? No, he just said, move forward. And then he commanded, he commanded the leader, he commanded the leadership to stretch out a staff, still not knowing what he's going to do. And he makes a way where there was no way. This is the nature of God. What is the nature of the world? If there's no path, then there's nowhere else to go. If there's no path, you don't go down it. You only go where there is a path where someone else has been. But how can we be a people from one degree of glory to the next, meant for an ever-increasing glory with unveiled faces, now seeing the Lord for who He is, having received the Holy Spirit, being a new creation? How can we expect to walk a path that's already been traveled? How many have lived in sundown in the 60s as you are right now? Or in the 30s? How many were here as this congregation, the first congregation, started this church? No. And the circumstances weren't the same either. We're not here to be a hamster wheel. But we exist in the church today as hamsters running on a wheel chasing a piece of cheese. Doing the same thing over and over again, generation after generation. That is not the nature of God. He leads us to a place where there is no path so that He can create a new one for us to trek down. And that's exactly where we are. We're trekking down a new path, unchartered waters, uncharted territory. And there is no denying that we are in uncharted territory. Never in, in my time on this earth have I seen and witnessed what our kids and our people and our communities are facing today. What our world is facing today. The crises that are just everywhere. Everyone is in crisis. Every city is in crisis. We have cities now that we've grown up with that may not exist in 10 years. Do you realize that? San Francisco is about to just be a ghost town of, of a lawless swamp of nothingness. New York City is about to, it, it's, it's going to declare bankruptcy in the next couple of years if it continues in the direction that it's going. And they can't stop it. Chicago is talking about building a wall around Chicago to help them with the issues that they've caused. We, we live in uncharted waters, people. We've got kids now that are ODing inside schools. Former students that are selling this stuff to them. We've got tech students dropping dead at stoplights. Church, we live in a different world. And so why, do you, why could we think why would we slip into this, uh, this lie of understanding that we can do something that's been done before and provide any kind of solution to the crisis we find around us? No. That's a possible ministry. You're made for an impossible ministry. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because earthly problems require heavenly solutions. Earthly problems do not require earthly solutions because it just creates more earthly problems. Right? Right? Here's a, here's a perfect example. My sister's going through this. Kennedy went through this. Debbie's gone through this. Cancer. Earthly solution. Poison it all. Poison the body. And what does that create? It creates another problem. And then it creates another problem. And then another problem. Because that's all earthly solutions create, church. We need heavenly ones now. Do you hear what I'm saying? Come on. Let's go. Wake up. All right. You, you guys, 
just in honesty, you, you have days where you wake up and you're just like, no, I don't want to do it today. I don't want to go in. I don't want to go to work. This is one of those days for me. I don't want to be up here right now before you. I have no desire to be here. It's only by obedience. So you need to understand that everything I'm telling you is from the Lord. I have no desire to speak right now because I'm tired, church. I'm exhausted. I'm the only pastor in sundown Texas. That's it. And so all of the world's problems, I, I, they just land on my feet. They're like, Parker, fix it. Uh, I don't know. We had a shooting threat this week at our school. My phone blew up from the time that went out till about 4 a.m. What should we do? Like, what do you I don't know. What are you doing? I'm trying to figure that out too. I got kids. I don't know what to do. I'm working this out too. But what should we do? Tell us what we're supposed to do. Uh, that's been my week. I don't know. I don't know what to do. So I come to you exhausted. I come to you, uh, underst- I, I say all of that because I need you to understand that I, I know exactly where you're at. I know exactly what you're feeling. Everything that Sarah said this morning, I've walked through. And I'm dealing with currently in this moment. So you're not alone in this. The Lord has given us two commands. He said to move forward. He's going to make a way where there was no way. And then this came just a few weeks ago, the second one. He said to dig your heels in. And he pointed to circumstances teaching us to not turn and pick up dead things. We are new creations. So stop turning back when things get difficult and picking up that which is comfortable, but that which is detrimental to you. But it's what we know. It's what's comfortable for getting through difficult stuff. This is what we do. We, we pick things up. We try to problem solve. We try to work things out. We just get angry at the situation. We try to ignore it or we, we, we try to escape from, uh, through different things. Uh, we got all, all kinds of people that have different methods of escape and we're seeing this right now. These are dead things that are meant to stay in the grave because that's not what the Lord has desired for you. He desires for you to be comfortable in His presence. To be comfortable waiting on Him to bring a heavenly solution to an earthly problem. But we don't do that. This is not what we've done. And the Lord said this in circumstances and in times of difficulty. What do we do? We pray for a solution. We pray for the Lord to help. And then the second we finish praying, we start turning inward within ourselves to fix the problem ourselves. And then it doesn't work out. And then what do we do? Why did the Lord not show up? He's like, you never gave me a chance. You prayed and then you took the reins again. It's because we pick up that which is comfortable, and oftentimes that which is comfortable, that which is familiar, is not from the Lord. It is old things that are meant to stay in the grave. He pointed to these circumstances, and he told us that when things get tough, and it makes a lot of sense when you look at this expression, he said when things get tough, and he, he was telling us that things are about to get tough, he said to dig your heels in. And what does that mean? What was he saying to us? Church, to dig your heels in. I don't want there to be any misunderstanding about that. To dig your heels in. What does this mean? When you dig your heels into something, it means you are not going to yield the ground in which you stand on. That you will only move in what direction? Forward. You will not move back. You will not yield that which you have gained. Do you hear what I'm saying? That we would not 
give up our ground. And we know, church, that through persistence comes fruit. And we read this, and we're going to read several scriptures. They'll be on the screen. Philippians 4, 12 through 13 says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Galatians 6, 9, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Joshua 1, 9, I have not, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. But the enemy, church, the enemy is loud right now. That's it. That's it. We have a lot of screaming and yelling in this country right now. We have a lot of of entities and things that feel like they are the majority, like they are taking over, but they're just loud. If I give Eden that microphone, you're going to feel like she's all up in your business. But she's just loud. That's all it is. She's still a one-year-old a little two foot tall, nothing. I mean, not nothing, but she, I mean, she can't take me. Like, I'll wear her out, right? She knows, okay? She has no power. And that is the enemy. And that is, that is the loud things that we hear right now. There is no power. They're just loud. And in every negative circumstance, the enemy is screaming. And this is what the Lord said. We're talking again. If you've not already gathered, this is like part two of the dig your heels in because the Lord brought more clarity and it was obvious that we, that we and I needed more clarity on what he was saying. There's another part to this. And this is the other part that the enemy is trying to get you to give him credit for all the difficult stuff that you're facing. He is actively, he is, he is not in the difficult things. He's not in them. He didn't cause them. That's his secret. The secret that he is guarding so heavily right now is that he didn't cause the difficult stuff that you're facing. He didn't do it. But he knows that if you give him credit for every negative thing that you experience, if I give him credit for every, every bad thing that I'm facing, in my mind, he has become bigger and it feels like he's everywhere, right? It's easy. To, he, he wants to do this. He, want, he wants you to start your day feeling like he's already won that day. You're getting ready for work. Spill your coffee as you're already running late. Go outside, tires flat. Finally get to work. Layoffs. What do we do? I just, I, he's, he's attacking me right now. I feel, I feel a heavy attack. Or you wake up not feeling good when you got stuff to do. I feel like this is the enemy. Randy did a great job of this because he explained this to us often. But we as the church have really done a, a terrible job of, of recognizing what is the enemy and what is just life. You get a cold, you just got a cold. That's just life. I get a cold four times a year. Every time the seasons change in West Texas because something new, special kind of dirt blows in and I just breathe it all in and I'm messed up for a week. Right? 
It's just not going to go away. That's just it. That's just life. But if every time that cold came in, I'm just like, Lord, I'm being per- your child is being persecuted. Help me. I'm being attacked by the enemy. That's not it. But you know what he's going to do? That enemy's going to sit there and be like, that's right. I'm attacking you. I caused this. Because now in my mind, I've convinced myself, I'm, we are doing the work for him, church. We are convincing ourselves of a power that he does not have. And he's going to take credit for it. He's a thief in the night. He's a manipulator. He is a, he's a con man. That's all he is. He's a con man. Con men do not have power. They have power that you assign to them. That's the only power they have. The power that you assign to them that they convince you is theirs. He has no power all over you. But he is trying to convince you that he has power over you to get you to step back and to yield ground back to him. Because in reality, church, he is so small. He is so, so small. And Eden's amazing. She's precious. I'm not using her as an example to say anything negative about my beautiful and wonderful daughter. But if she's holding the door shut, is that going to be difficult for me to open? No. But if she's yelling back there with a microphone, she sounds like she's massive. She sounds like she's big. I'm not going to want to try to open the door. I'm going to step back from it. I'm going to yield that, that ground that I just gained for the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to yield it back to the enemy. Because I think he's bigger than he really is. I think he's bigger. And he only has the power, church, that we give him. Romans 8, 31 We know this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Church. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who, in, who is indeed interceding for us. Who can stand against God's elect church? You can answer. That's an easy one. I can give you multiple choice if you need it. It's no one or all of the above. Okay, those are your options. Church, do you realize and do you accept in this room right now, here in this moment, individually for yourself, do you receive and accept the truth that you are God's elect? What did he elect you to? He elected you to sundown Texas. He has so much trust in you that he has given you a city of people. A city of people to reveal the kingdom of heaven to. He's given you a city of people. He trusts you that at, to that degree. Can you just receive the honor that comes with that? The creator of the universe, the alpha and the omega, the one who has breathed life, the one who sent his son that we could have eternal life and be with him here on this earth and for all of eternity. 
He trusts you who was not his own because of sin, but because of the blood of Jesus has been brought back in as a son, as a daughter through adoption of the blood. You, he trusts you with a city of thousands. And not just with sundown, he trusts you with West Texas. You, that is what it is to be God's elect. He has elected you with authority and power. God has voted you into a place of authority. God has voted you into a place of establishing the kingdom of heaven. You are God's elect. And who can stand against? Who can stand against God? No one. Now, who can stand against God's elect? What are God's elect? They are an extension of the presence of Jesus. They are an extension of the power and authority of heaven. And Satan could not even stay in the facility. He got kicked out and he can't even gain access again. And you have now been given the authority of this place that he can't enter into. How can he come against you and be victorious? He cannot. So he manipulates. He lies. He tries to be as loud as he can. He knows this, church. He knows that you're God's elect. He knows who you are. He knows the power that you wield. So he takes credit for things he did not cause. And how many know life has bad days and bad moments? We all know this. Things just happen. And they're just unfortunate. I, uh, I had, two weeks ago, I had a day where every day I had a flat tire. Every one of them. I have a brand new set of tires on my truck. And I have patches in all four of them. <laughs> in a week. It was awesome. And I, like, I, I, picked up, I, I kept one as like a souvenir because I'm like, this is just insane. It's a bolt that I think is older than time itself. I think the Lord used it in the garden. Like, <laughs> it is that old. And it's just this rounded off bolt. And it was all the way up in there. And yesterday we did all this stuff. I was fixing a mess. And I'm, I'm driving home with a trailer. I get out because I'm so, so thirsty. And I get out of my truck, and what do I hear? <laughs> I look around. I got a three-inch staple in my trailer tire loaded down with my big old fat horse. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not drinking until we get home. I'll get some water there. And so we just hauled butt, and I, we've got flat tires left and right because I think tires are just good. I think tires are man's invention of picking up trash. They just scoop it up along the way. But just, I, I have those days. We have those moments. But in that moment, in that inconvenience, am I going to say, the enemy is really after me. He's really getting me. He's popping my tires. That sounds foolish when I say it out loud, isn't it? But how easy is it for us to end those bad days, in those bad moments? And they're really just moment because there's, is, is there any such thing as just an all around, just there's, just there's just no good left. No. There can be the worst day of your life. The goodness of God is still after you. It does not waver. The joy of the Lord is still present. His goodness, His graciousness, His compassion, His love is still present. And we have, so we have really, really just horribly difficult moments. And the enemy knows this, and he knows that this is just a part of life but he does everything he can to get you to give him credit for that. Stop it. 
Stop giving him credit because all you're doing is elevating him when he is really meek and powerless against you because you are God's elect. You are, we are, church, we are making him bigger than he is. And he knows what's about to happen. Church, if you don't know this, I don't, well, you do know this, but let's just talk about it. Throughout any moment in history, what happens when a people exists in a place of unwavering faith in the Lord to be who he says he is? Breakthrough every time. Breakthrough every time. I've talked about this on Wednesday night, but if I told you to run through that wall and you run as hard as you can and you're going to break through it, if you don't have faith in me and trust in me that when I say to do, that you will go do something and you will be successful in it, what are you going to do when you start getting closer to that wall? You're going to start slowing up, pulling back. But when a people of great faith exists, when a people of great faith that trust the Lord, and this is the key word, trust the Lord. How can I have trust with someone I don't spend time with? Trust the Lord. And not just trust the Lord, but trust who? Trust one another. Because fellowship with God is, is also to extend and expand into fellowship with one another. Because I can't do this alone. I have been reminded of that this week. I can't do it alone. I can't do it with, I, you, I, I need people all in. Because I can't do it by myself. There is too much the Lord needs to do and it is not meant for one person to do it. There's just no way. There's not a one of us in here that is meant to do it alone. Not a one of you. But when I have trust in God to be who he says he is, and to do what he says he will do, to know that he is faithful, that when he speaks, fruit comes. When he says this is going to happen, it's going to happen, period. No ands, if, or buts about it. It is going to happen if there are found in that place a people of great faith, willing to walk through the fire no matter what. No matter what circumstance. It's, it's this Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I love that story. Uh, but I think we lose the story when we just talk about the goodness of God and delivering them from harm. Because in their mind, He was not coming to save them. And they were not going to yield. Because they know who God is. And they trusted Him that He is who He says He is. And I will not waver even if that means my life. I will not waver from this place. So they willingly stepped into the furnace. But what happens because God is so good? What happens when we step into the difficult places out of obedience and trust for him? What happens every single time? He shows up. He shows up. Stephen, walking in obedience and now being stoned to death. What does he see when he looks up? He sees the Lord welcoming him home. He... In every difficult thing, do not forget what Jesus follows it with. Everything of impossibility, every difficult thing that he calls you into, what does he say? But I'll be with you. I will be with you. I will be for you. We need a people who trust this way, trust the Lord. 
Because church, where there is a people of faith who trust the Lord, who trust the Lord to be who He says He is, who abide in His presence, listen to His voice, and faithfully walk in obedience, there is always breakthrough. We talked last week, I just want to give some testimony of this. We talked last week about the difficulty of fall festival. And I just kind of warned you guys, like, this is going to feel like an uphill battle. It's going to feel like you're rolling a boulder uphill and you're just one step away from getting crushed by it. And Tuesday, you, you got to understand, next Sunday is fall festival. Like, we're here. Like, we're in it. So this last Tuesday, I'm driving to work stressed out because I've been calling people, I've been emailing people, and I've gotten zero responses. People that said they were going to help out, come to find out they started their own, their own event to compete with ours. And I'm like, uh, why? Don't do that. And so I, I'm telling you, I came into staff meeting, I had zero vendors. We had zero bouncy houses. We had zero entertainment. It looked like we were going to cook a thousand hot dogs. Like I didn't know what we were going to do. And I'm just in there. I, I'm on my way to work. I'm just like, Lord, I, I think we just need to cancel. It's just not going to happen this year. I think we need to cancel it and reassess. And he tells me as I'm coming into work, as I'm driving, as he does, uh, when I'm in the truck, he, that's where he, me and him talk a lot. Um, and he tells me, he reminds me, dig your heels in. Do not yield the ground that you have won. I'm like, all right, all right. And so I speak this to the staff, and they receive it in staff, and they kind of know where we're at. They know the frustration. They know kind of what I'm dealing with. And they hear, they, re they receive that word, and they respond, and they immediately go after it. I'm telling you, Tuesday morning, there was no hope for Fall Festival to happen. Tuesday evening, we were turning people away because there was an abundance. The Lord had completely and totally provided more than we had ever anticipated, more than we had expected. We're going to have more vendors than I thought we were going to have. We're going to have more entertainment for our kids. There is just more. I've got, we've got help. I've got more people. I've got people that want to drive the tractor so I don't have to sit in the tractor and bounce around and jack up my neck and go to the chiropractor the next day and all that good stuff, taking people on a hayride around a cemetery and all that good stuff. And I got people that want to help with that. And the Lord just totally opened the door. And let, and let me add to that a little bit. The door was already unlocked. The enemy was just standing behind it being loud. But he's like that little one-year-old kid. He is that small to the people of God. And so when you put a little bit of pressure forward, he yields ground because who can stand against God's elect? No one. So you take, he sounds loud behind this wall that is in front of you, but the second you take a step forward, what's that wall going to do? It is going to move out of your way because it fears you. And it knows that you are going to run through it if it does not move. There is breakthrough, church. And it, it is easy in this time right now, in this season of digging our heels in, the breakthrough is not meant to be difficult. It's meant to be easy. The enemy is just trying to get you to think that it's going to be a hard-one fight. That there's just, it's just going to be difficult. You're going to have to be clawing hands and knees. No, not at all. All you've got to do is take a step forward. And you will step into the blessing that is standing on the other side of that door. 
All we've got to do is continue to move forward, not yielding ground. We are digging our heels in, not giving up the ground that we have gained and continuing to press forward. And the enemy is in front of us being as loud as he can because he knows that if we take a single step forward, we will realize how small and powerless against God's elect the enemy is. So, again, as Sarah said, but who has felt like the enemy is bigger than he really is? Not just this week, but at all. How many have felt that? We've all felt that. We've felt that he's bigger than he really is. And who has felt powerless to stand against him? Every one of us. But I'm telling you right now, his only strategy is to be loud. To be loud. To make you feel like he's in everything and he is everywhere. But he is not in anything that has any control over you. He's not in your mind. Stop giving him credit. He can't read your mind. He can't enter that place. He can whisper suggestions and you can take it and run with it with your mind. But he has no authority over your mind. Your mind is yours and yours alone. He has no ability to cause difficult things. He only can take credit for difficult things that just come as a part of life. Church, he is powerless against you. The only ones he has any authority over are the ones that are not saved and recognized by the blood of Jesus. Those that have not said yes to that sacrifice and believe and have been washed and made a new creation, those that have not yet done that, he has authority. But if you have been saved, if you are a new creation, born again in Christ Jesus, he has no sway or authority over your life. So stop giving him credit like he does. Stop speaking as though your adversary, the devil, has any fight that will slow you down at all. This is not an equal battle, church. We are the side of victory. You were born into victory. The battle's already been won. He's just yelling, but he is already defeated. When Jesus rose, it was over. That day, it ended. His, his power, his authority was completely dismantled the day that that stone rolled away. So you only are meant to know. You have been born into victory. You've not been born into a battle. You've not been born into a war. You were born into victory. You were born into the other side of the battle, the other side of the war. Born into the victorious day. Every day that you take breath is a victorious day as the people of God remain in the presence and abide in the authority of God and who He's called them to be every day is a victorious day. He has no say or authority over you, so stop giving Him credit for that which He cannot do and that which He cannot control. We've got to stop giving Him credit. And I'm telling you right now, the second we remove the credit and we recognize Him for who He is and you take a step forward, you will not just see breakthrough in this community, but you will first see breakthrough in your own, your own story. The things that you're struggling with, the things that are before you, the things that feel larger than life, the things that feel like there's no hope, there's no answer, there's no solution, you take one step forward and you will find provision. You will find blessing. You will find heavenly solutions waiting to solve earthly problems. Just take a step forward and stop 
yielding ground. Dig your heels in. We will not go back. We've sung this song. Jay, Jay wrote this, right? I don't know if he wrote it. We've been singing it for eight years. I've been here for eight years, so he's the only one I've ever heard do it. But we sing, I won't go back all the time. This is the time to truly believe those words. Do not yield ground because we are at the tipping point. You are in the coldest part of the day. As the sun is rising, but if you can continue to move forward, all of darkness will flee and there will be light and every corner and everything that it touches will be warmed and will be transformed in Jesus' name. You just have to have the faith to not yield ground and move forward. Press ahead. And I'm telling you right now, testimony that I'm speaking of right now, testimony that I've experienced this week, if you just press ahead, you will find yourself in provision and blessing. You will find yourself exactly where you're meant to be, and you will find fruit effortlessly coming before you. We sang this song, the desert song, and it's such a great story. But that third verse, what's this talking about? This is my prayer in the hard stuff, the difficult things. And then the last verse, it talks about this is my prayer in the fruit, the provision of walking through the hard things. And sometimes we as Christians, we just want the fruit, right? We don't want to go through the winter. We don't want to go through the difficulty of surviving or moving forward and pushing ahead, though it's difficult and it feels loud and it feels uh, just uncomfortable and you're having to face difficult circumstances, what seems like over and over and over and over and over. But the Lord says, and this is a promise and this is a guarantee, this is a law of nature, that if you push through the difficult season, there will always be fruit on the other side. And we are at this point, church, where if we will just push through, we will find ourselves in the midst of an abundance of fruit in Sundown, Texas. We have got a lot of things to be excited about. There's a lot of good things that the Lord is doing. But when has it ever just been effortless and just easy without difficulties? That is not, no, that is not life. That's not life. And when a wounded, a wounded animal is always more dangerous and more violent than one that isn't. And the enemy is wounded. And we've talked about this. He's attacking our kids. And he is trying, because what happens when kids start getting attacked? When kids are in the crossfire, what do we do? We change what we're doing. He knows that if he can get to the kids... That he, that's his only, op only option to get us to change course, to react instead of continuing to respond and move ahead. He's going after our kids. He's going after the school. He's trying to discourage us. He is trying to get us to yield ground and give him back control that he's losing. Do not yield. Dig your heels in and move ahead. There is breakthrough for those that are willing to continue to press ahead into all the Lord has called us into. He's called us into great and wondrous things. But we are driving out an enemy from sundown Texas, and it is an enemy that does not want to leave. He has no power against you, but he is going to try his hardest with every scheme that he can come up with to get you to yield to him 
so that he no longer has to yield to us. So move forward. Dig your heels in. Give up no ground and move forward. And stop. I'm speaking to myself too. Stop giving him credit for that which he has no power and authority over. It's just difficult things. We are in the midst of difficult things. And guess what, church? There's difficult things waiting for you tomorrow. The Lord says, he, he, promise, he guarantees difficulties. He promises that you will experience hardships because that is just the nature of life, unfortunately. But if we press ahead, church, we are going to be done with a lot of this nonsense that the enemy is currently putting forward. We're going to be done with it. We're going to drive it out of sundown Texas and live in a place that looks more like the kingdom of heaven than it does a city and a state and a country. But we have got to press ahead, not yielding ground and not giving him credit for that which he has no authority over. He has no say. He has no power. You are God's elect. Do not give him credit. Move forward. And there's breakthrough guaranteed as you move forward. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.